is the sixth book of the Bible, the Old Testament. Before we get started on our time of Bible study together, uh, I, um, I think that what God has for us is, is, uh, is applicable to every single individual in this room. Applicable. You can apply this to your life. Every single individual in this room, no one will be left out. I think it's transforming. Um, and I don't want to end our service today with announcements. I, um, I want you to, to, to be able to leave this room uh, contemplating what the Holy Spirit has shown you and thinking about how that works itself out in your life. And, and so if you'll allow me, let me take just a moment and mention a couple of things to you that are important. And, and part of the reason they're important is because the, today's the last day to, to involve yourself in some of these opportunities. Uh, there's a parenting class that's coming up. Today's the last day to sign up for that. A lot of information in the lobby about that. There's a, a class regarding finances God's way. Today's the last day to make a commitment to that. You can find information about that in the lobby. I wanted to give you a real quick update on our uh, blankets and batteries initiative. Uh, we had set a goal of 100 blankets and 1,000 batteries for Word on the Street Homeless Ministries. Uh, we're getting to the end of that, of that initiative. Right now we have 59 blankets and 720 batteries. I'm trusting that we'll be able to reach our goal uh, by the end of today, and it's not too late if you want to be a part of that. I also wanted to mention to all of the ladies that are in the room, the, list, the Let's Get Real mini-conference that's going to take place this coming Saturday here uh, at Avalon Church. It starts at 9 o'clock, and it goes through 3 o'clock. Let me tell you, ladies, who this is for. This is for the lady who senses in her spirit that there's something more there, there, there's something more to experience in this relationship with God. Or it, it could be for the lady who's come to the place in her life where she is, she is saying, I want all of God that there is to have. I want to experience every single bit of him. This is a, a mini-conference where you'll experience transformation and you'll experience equipping and you'll experience empowering. I know that this is true. Because this isn't the first time we've done it. And I can look at the lives of some of the ladies who have participated in this, and I can see transformation, and I can see equipping, and I can see empowering. And I, I just want to tell you, I, I enthusiastically ask you to prayerfully consider being a part of what our ladies are doing and, and the difference it's making in their lives, the difference it's making in their homes and that would lead me to say to husbands, do what you can to allow your wife to be here next Saturday. It'll make a difference in your wife. It'll make a difference in your home. And I believe it's going to make a difference in you as well. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm truly excited. I'm excited because we have a God who is a great God. He is the one true God he is alive, and he is active, and he's involved. He's orchestrating. He loves unconditionally. He has all power in his hands. He wants his name to be exalted by his supernatural intervention in the lives 
of his people. The way that God works is seen in this passage of Scripture in Joshua, the third chapter. What are you expecting this next 15, 20 minutes, 25 minutes? What are you expecting? Are you anticipating anything? Do you believe that God is real? Do you believe that he's here? Do you believe that he speaks? Do you believe that he has something for you? Not something for the audience, but something for you as an individual. Do you believe that he wants to change you, that he wants to transform you? Do you believe that he wants to grow you? Do you believe that he wants to reveal himself to you in a way that maybe you've never, ever seen before? Do you believe that you can walk out of these doors this morning empowered to be used by him to do amazing things that draw attention to him? It's all true. The reality is it's true whether you believe it or not. I pray this morning that you'll hear the voice of God in your life specifically. As a matter of fact, let's all pray that. Let's go to him now. Father God, do in lives what you so desire to do. May we see you. Draw us to you. This is about you. And it's about your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Joshua chapter 3. The Ark of the Covenant in this chapter of 17 verses is mentioned 10 times. Here's a little bit about the Ark of the Covenant. The instructions for building the Ark of the Covenant were given in Exodus, the 25th chapter. Two and a half feet high, it was two and a half feet deep or wide. It was four and a half feet tall. The top of this of this arc of this of this box, if you will, is called the mercy seat of God, and it's covered in pure gold. Julio, if you have those pictures I sent you late last night, there you go. There's a picture of the Ark of the Covenant. Out of the same piece of gold that the mercy seat was carved, there would also be carved two cherubim, or angels, that sat on top of the ark. They would face each other, and their wings would be spread so as to cover the mercy seat. Four rings were placed at each corner of the ark so that golden rods could be placed through those rings, so the ark could be covered. Specific instructions were given to never remove those rods. Those rods were for the purpose of carrying the ark, I should have said. Inside of this ark contained Aaron's rod. Aaron, if you'll remember, was Moses' brother. It is his rod that was used to bring about the first three plagues that would eventually free God's people from captivity in Egypt. Manna was also placed in a golden bowl and placed inside the ark, representative of God's provision in their wilderness experience. The Ten Commandments, the tablets that contained the Ten Commandments were also placed inside the ark. The ark is called the strength and glory of God. As a matter of fact, an extra-biblical word, a word that you don't find in the Scriptures, is the Shekinah glory of God. And Shekinah really means presence, that he is there. It means the, the presence of God. And this ark 
represented the very presence of God. God's presence did not dwell in the ark. It hovered above the ark, above the mercy seat, within the spread wings of the angels. In Exodus 25, God says to Moses, I will commune with you. I will interact with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are upon the ark. The Ark of the Covenant was placed in the tabernacle, which was also built with very specific instruction. Later, it would be placed in the Holy of Holies. It was the only piece of furniture that was in the temple, in the Holy of Holies. It was approached only one time a year by only one man, the man called and ordained by God to be the spiritual leader of his people, the high priest. I say all of that to you because I want you to know that when we see the Ark of the Covenant mentioned in this chapter, it's referring to God. This chapter is about God. First and foremost, it's about God. It's about the way He involves Himself in our lives. It's about the purpose that He has given each and every one of us as individuals. A specific purpose for your life. This chapter is about being a crossover people. This chapter is about God's people after promises that date a thousand years crossing over the Jordan River into a land that God had promised them. This is especially, it is expressly relevant to us today because God desires for you to be a crossover person. We have crossover opportunities at least once every single day of our lives. A crossover opportunity happens when we are following God. That's our commitment. That's our heart. It's our desire. God leads the way. We follow God. And in following God, God presents to us an opportunity. It's an opportunity that always will be outside of our comfort zone. We, we forge ahead to, to avail ourselves of this opportunity, and, and always there's going to be an obstacle to us moving forward and experiencing this opportunity that God has given us. When we, by faith, continue moving forward in this opportunity and God using you, God intervenes and does the supernatural and does the miraculous. And we cross over, and we experience the reality of God in our lives. Many of you will have an opportunity to be a crossover person during this service. When in your heart you want to follow God, and God will whisper in your ear, this is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to say. And you'll have an opportunity, even this morning, even during this service, to follow Him and to be obedient to Him. And there will be an obstacle that happens in your life. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's pride. I don't know what it is. But when we, by faith, continue to move forward in the opportunity that God has given us, we become crossover people, and we begin to experience His super natural, miraculous involvement in our life. That's being a crossover person. 
I see that in this chapter, Joshua chapter 3. I want to look at a, a few principles that are in this chapter. It, it, it gives us instruction on, on, on living a life that is pursuing God's purpose for each of us. Look at, at verse 3, Joshua chapter 3. i tell you what, look, let's look at verse 2 and 3. At the end of three days, they had received the instructions from God. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. The Ark of the Covenant is what? That's God. They saw it as the presence of God. For our application today, in a, in a literal interpretation of the Scripture, that's God. And he says to them, when you see it, when you see it moving out, follow it. I love the way King James Version, the New King James Version as well, of the Bible says it. The New King James Version says, go after it. When you see it moving out, go after it. I like that because there's, there's kind of a sense of urgency there. There's an enthusiasm there. There's an intentionality there. Would that describe your life? Would you follow God? Would you go after God? Would you pursue God? If you're going to follow God, God has to have the right position in your life. He's got to be out front. He's got to take the lead. Would you agree with me that you can have God in your life, have a relationship with God, but he doesn't have his proper position in your life? When that occurs, listen, when that occurs, you're living beneath your privilege as his child, and you're living beneath the blessing that he has in store for you. Go after it. Pursue it. Be enthusiastic. Be intentional. Follow God. In the wilderness experience, the Bible describes God as being in the midst of the people. In the promised land experience, He's leading the people. I think that sometimes we find ourselves in a, in a wilderness experience, which we described a couple of weeks ago, this, this sense of unsatisfaction, this sense of wandering, because God doesn't have His proper place with us in our lives. The difference in the wilderness and the promised land is God's position in our lives. Is He leading? Are we following? This is interesting to me because we see God as a God who loves and we see God as a God who provides and we see God as a God who leads. And then in the fourth verse of Joshua chapter 3, it says this to us. It says, yet there shall be a distance between you and God, you and the ark. About 2,000 cubics in length, that is to say about 1,000 about a yards. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go. For you have not passed this way before. We talk here a lot. It's kind of my thing maybe. I don't know. I get fired up about it. I get excited about it. We talk about intimacy with God, crawling up in God's lap, 
We talk about God drawing near to us. And that's very, very true. And maybe my very favorite aspect of being His child, the reality of God's being near and my... I can, he's accessible to me and I can talk to him and we can have intimacy and we, we draw near. But what this is talking about is a very important part of our spiritual journey and of our being a crossover people. It's saying to us, don't ever forget that he and he alone is God and that you are not, that he is holy, that you're not. That he is absolutely and totally sovereign, and you're not. That he's the master, and we're his servant. That he is the king, and the distance between those two positions must never be diminished or compromised. We live in a culture that takes God casually. We ourselves are guilty of using his name in a way that should not be used. Oh, my God. But he is God. And he is sovereign. And he is all-powerful. And he is holy. We could look at instances in the Old Testament Scriptures about the very presence of God represented by the Ark of the Covenant. And when someone might come too close and someone would dare to reach out and touch it, even if they touched it accidentally, boom, they would lose their life. He's holy. And though we have intimacy with him, and though we are drawn close to him, we must never forget that the God that we serve is a holy God, is an all-powerful God. I believe that the word that we ought to use here is, is it's healthy for us as children of God to be in awe of who he is, A-W-E, all, in awe of God. Like Isaiah, who enters into the presence of God and he falls on his knees. Job did the same thing. John in the New Testament did the same thing. What a great, great, great God we serve. Keep proper distance, it says, between the Lord and the servant. And then it gives us some instructions beginning in verse 5. It tells us this in verse 5. Consecrate yourself. That, 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 that means to, 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 to declare and to understand how sacred God is, and to devote yourself and to dedicate yourself to Him. You want to be a crossover person, understand who He is and understand what He calls us to, to go after Him, to follow Him, to dedicate ourselves to Him. Not daily, but moment by moment. Setting yourself apart for his purposes. We've said this in our church that, that God wants to use you. It's part of his plan. It's part of your purpose. He wants you to experience his supernatural involvement in your life. And, and, and this is something that happens on a daily basis. And I wonder if we begin the day thinking to ourselves, this mighty, holy, sovereign God that I serve has something that he wants to do in my life today, and he has something that he wants to do through my life today, and there's this anticipation, this excitement about how God might want to reveal himself to me and how he might want to use me. And so we, we set ourselves aside for his purposes. 
We are, we are constantly recognizing areas of our life that are displeasing to him, and, and, and we appropriate his forgiveness. We kind of empty ourselves of, of ourself, <laughs> and we fill ourselves with him and his power. That's, that's being controlled by the Spirit. And when we experience this, we are in for some amazing things to happen through our lives. Y'all, that's not a hope so, maybe so, think so. That's a fact. That when we are controlled by His Spirit, when we are dedicated to Him, we are going to see some amazing things happen through our lives. He's going to use you to accomplish what I will call the impossible. He's going to use you to accomplish the supernatural. But then I love what it says in verse 7. Don't forget that when He does that in your life, it's all about Him. It's all about God. It says in verse 7, the Lord said to Joshua, listen, today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel that they may know that I was with Moses and so I will be with you. He's talking about his people. He's talking about the people of Israel. I will exalt you to the people of Israel so they will know that I am God, that this is about me. They knew that Moses didn't part the Red Sea. God parted the Red Sea. They knew that Moses didn't provide manna from heaven. God provided manna from heaven. They knew that Moses didn't provide a, a, a fire by day and a cloud by night or a cloud by day and fire by night. They knew God did that. And God says, look, I'm going to use you in such a way that it turns attention to me because this is about me. And so it is in our crossover experience. So it is in, in how God uses us to do the, 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 the amazing. It's about him. Yesterday morning, I, I met for four hours with our elders. And, of course, in that amount of time, we talk about everything. And sometimes it just gets, you know, kind of minutia kind of stuff. And, and, and Rich Dunn, God bless this precious man, he would continually say to us, guys, don't forget, this is about God. Don't forget, this is about exalting him. Don't forget, this is about Jesus. Don't forget, this is about making him famous. Don't forget, don't forget, this is all about God. Our lives are to be about God. My life, I consecrate it, I dedicate it, I set it apart. I want my life to be about God. I want raising my son to be about God. I want performing my duties and responsibilities to be about God. I want my ministry and the lives of other people to be about God. I want everything to be about God. I want my life to be about God. It's all about God. And then Joshua begins to describe this God. He says in verse 9, he's the Lord your God. That means he's sovereign. He says in verse 10, he's the living God. You believe that today? If you believe God is alive, let me ask you, how do you know that? Is it because you interact with him and commune with him and hear his voice and you, you see him move and you follow him? Is it because he's actively involved? It's because you experience him? He's alive. 
Praise the Lord. He's the Lord of all of the earth. This is to say that this is the God we serve, the God who leads us. He's, he's sovereign. He's ruler and master. He's alive. He's quite capable of interacting with you. And he rules. He control, he's in control. He's in charge. This is the God that we serve. And then Joshua begins to tell us that when we consecrate ourselves and that when we follow him and when we go after him, that he always delivers what he promises. And he tells us in verse 10 that what he delivers to us is victory. Do you want to live a victorious life? In verse 10, he begins to tell us about about the various people groups that God will give his children victory over. And for our purposes, for our application, for our experience today, God's not interested in us in driving anybody out. <laughs> but he is very interested in us and giving us victory on inviting people in. That's the promised land for us. That's possessing the land for us. Introducing people to a God who's real, who's alive, who's in control, who is, who is all-powerful. I believe that he'll do these things when we let him lead and we dedicate ourselves to him. Listen, this is the difference in us being a church in Avalon Park and us being Avalon Park's church. It's about him. It's about what he wants to do. It's about the unexplainable. I want to tell you that my vision and others as well for this community, it's a God-sized vision. It's not a vision that we can accomplish on our own. We need this almighty God. We need this sovereign God. We need this living God. I want us to want this living God, to desire him. I want us to go after him. I want us to follow him. I want us to be empowered by him. I want us to be a crossover people. So he's made famous. So look, first 13 verses of Joshua chapter 3, it kind of tells us about instructions that God gave his people that he gives us today. It tells us about what he promises. 14 through 17 tells us what happened. The people followed God. They came upon an obstacle. God supernaturally intervened, and they crossed over. This was a time of the year. It was the harvest time of the year, and the Jordan River was, was flowing rapidly. It was at its, it was at its peak. It, 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 it was like trying to, to cross a, 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 a rapids. It was extremely dangerous. It was extremely difficult. It's the only time of the year that the Jordan River flows like this. How were they going to cross it? This was an obstacle. They knew what God told them to do. But they moved forward in faith. This was a place that it says in verse 3 or 4, I don't think verse 4, it says this is a place they had never been before. This was outside their comfort zone. Hey, listen, your experience is going to be that. To be a crossover people, 
It's going to be outside your comfort zone, this, this, this opportunity to cross over that he gives you. It's going to be a place you've never been before. It's going to be a place, a place that requires what? Faith and trust and belief in God. He's all-powerful. There's nothing he can't do. Believe him, trust him, move forward, cross over. And when you reach that obstacle, he supernaturally intervenes, and you cross over, and you experience victory. How is it possible the world can offer you a better life than that? Why do we pursue what the world offers? When God offers us this, this is our experience. This can be our daily experience. That's exciting to me. I want to shout about that. What a great God that we serve. This is applicable in just about every single area of our life. Not just about. It's applicable in every area of our life. This would be a perfect daily devotional. If you did this every single day, you kind of you went over this and you, and you claimed this and you lived this, this would be a great devotional, a daily devotional. This would be a great New Year's Day message. This is how we're going to start the year. This would be a great baby dedication message. This is, this is God's plan. This is God's intent. This is God's way of raising your children. This would be a great message for a wedding ceremony. This would be a great charge to a bride and a groom before they begin their lives together. Listen to what this message is, and I'm done. Listen to this. You want this? Here's the message. My life is about God. It's not about me. My life's about God. I will follow Him. He's my leader. I will reverence Him. I will keep that proper distance. I will be in awe of Him. He is holy and He's all-powerful. He deserves my utmost respect and awe. I will constantly consecrate myself to Him. Set myself apart for His purposes. My life is about God. He's the Lord. He's the living God. He's the God of all the earth. Giving Him His proper place in my life will bring victory. There it is. Simple, huh? That's the message. If we adhere to this message God has given us, then we're spiritually ready for what He has in store for us. Now look, this part is so very, very important. This part about believing Him about faith, because I think that we do a pretty good job of saying, God, I believe that you're God, and I believe that you want to lead, and, and Lord, I want to follow, and we begin this incredible journey, and we reach this obstacle, and the only thing that allows us to overcome the obstacle, the only thing that allows us to experience God's intervention and solution uh, to this obstacle is faith. we got to believe him. Verses 15 and 16, it, it, it draws us this picture. It, it explains to us that they've got the ark. They're doing exactly what God says. They're proceeding to the promised land. They're fixing to cross over. And here's this rushing river. But nothing, God did not intervene until they stuck their toe into the river. They took that step of faith. And the Bible says immediately, God stopped the river about 50 miles up. 
And the land that they had where they were walking became dry land. And all of the people of Israel crossed over into the land that God has promised him. And so it comes to this. Will you step forward? Will you move forward in faith? Will you believe God? I said earlier, some of you can have a crossover moment right now. Because you've said, I, I want him to be out front. I, I, I want to follow him. I, I want to go after him. And so he's leading the way, and in his leading, he gives you opportunity. Maybe your opportunity this morning is, is some kind of commitment that he wants you to make to him. Maybe your opportunity is to, is to come and pray. Maybe your opportunity is to come and take me by the hand and say, I don't know this God. I want to know this God. Maybe your opportunity is to whisper in someone else's ear something that God has laid on your heart. Maybe it's a simple, I love you. Or maybe it's a simple, hey, I'm here with you. I'll walk through this difficult time with you. Maybe, maybe God is giving you a crossover moment right now, and it's uncomfortable because you've never been this way before. And there will be an obstacle. What would prevent you from crossing over? What would other people say? That's an obstacle. Pride, fear, busyness. Take a step of faith. Put your toe in the water and experience the supernatural involvement of God in your life. Doesn't have to be a once a week experience. Every single day, go after Him. I invite you to stand. I'm going to be here at the front this morning. This is your opportunity to cross over. Whatever God is asking you to do, go after Him. Be obedient. Experience His supernatural power in your life. This is better. <laughs> God, have your will and way in every heart and life. May we follow you. May we be obedient. Give us clarity, Lord, in what you want us to do. We'll do it for your glory. In Jesus' name.